welcome to the six episodes of season 11 of Productize Podcasts. So today I have the pleasure to have Mr. Tim Vieira with me and um, having this very much expected uh, conversation. So let me just do a quick uh, bio intro to Tim. Uh, Tim joined uh, the management administration of business course at UNISA in South Africa. He dropped out to build his own business in 1993. Tim established one of the first independent breweries in South Africa. And later, he also joined the executive program at Chicago Booth School in London, UK. Today, Tim is the CEO of Brave Generation Academy, which provides every learner with a specialized and holistic education. Tim has other investments in agriculture, services, IT, human resources, cinema production, real estate, energy, tourism, and currently the establishment of an investment fund for opportunities here in Portugal. Welcome, Tim. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you, Andre, for having me. A uh, real pleasure to be here. Um, and it's, that we are neighbors. Or yeah, we're neighbors now as well, so it's uh, extra <laughs> so easy. And um, yeah, it, it, after hearing that um, bio and hearing that I dropped out and now I'm doing education, um, you know, that's <laughs> 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 different. <laughs> no, but all good. I didn't, I didn't know that actually yeah. until yeah. very recently. No, no, all good. Been keeping busy, um, really busy, but um, uh, been enjoying it, you know. So lots going on at the moment. It seems like um, that rest of COVID, it's... Um, it was just to build energy for everything coming out afterwards. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Great. So end of third quarter, end of the first quarter, entering now the second. Uh, how is the the year going? Really good. You know, I think um, you know I'm so busy that I actually feel guilty because I haven't been giving much attention to what's going on in the world. And I know there's lots going on in the world, but I've well, also realized that there's not much I can do to change it unless you know someone walks in front of me and I'm able to ride him over and change history. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I've been really busy. You know, it's been back to traveling. I've just come back from getting my passport renewed. So I've got two passports. One goes in for visas always and the other one I used to travel. And, and I looked at it now and after two years that it was inactive, it sort of started getting busy again. So I just got back from the U.S. where we went to go look at um, how can I, you know, expand BGA into, into the U.S., and it was a really great trip, really positive. Um, I'm off Monday back to Africa where we've already got BGAs and we're opening some more. So super exciting with what's going on there. So and you then, already have BGAs in Mozambique, in Angola? South Africa, South Namibia, South Angola. Africa. Yeah, Angola, we don't have it open, but it is going to be opening very soon. So yeah, that's my trip there really to get it done now. You're going yeah. to Angola as well. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. Um, you enjoyed staying out of the crowd and develop entrepreneurial skills from young age. Uh, can you tell us where you started? What was your first project? How you were discovering entrepreneurship? What is to be an entrepreneur? Whatever that means. Yeah, I think I discovered that I needed an entrepreneur to become independent and to give me, um, you know, uh, the possibility of doing things. So very early on, I understood that if I, if I you know, I didn't see it as entrepreneurship. I saw it as uh, do something, get paid, and I've got money to do something else that I want to do. So uh, it was very basic. And um, I think, you know, I started very early on doing little things, doing things that I could sell to friends, uh, parents, 
And um, and like, you know maybe like, the like what like um, I used to do these wooden peg rocking chairs. That was really the first thing where with glue and stuff you you build a rocking chair that uh, then you put on like a little vase or something mm-hmm. like that. And I think you know parents bought it because they felt like they needed to because they wanted to support it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was great because it cost us nothing in raw materials because we used to you know find the pegs from our parents break them up and then, uh, you know, clothe pigs and then make the chairs. So I understood that, okay, you know, you have to be selling all the time and, and there needs to be a story behind it and a cause why we want to do it, et cetera. And, but, you know, parents uh, seem to have bought and I understand, and then I understood, you know, how do we scale that into other ventures? And um, from there, just started carrying on all the time with new ideas. Um, I had one parent told me, you're either going to be a big vagabond or a millionaire. <laughs> Um, you know, because one you parent one pa- from another kid, <laughs> from another kid, but he told his kid to stick <laughs> okay. with me, and that kid still okay. sticks with me. And he's he came to Portugal because of me, and he's now working with me very shortly. So it, we're still best friends, you know. So it's amazing uh, how the parent was right, and um, you know. So I think that was my first steps. It was really about I came from an immigrant family. How could I become independent? I didn't get it given to me, so I needed to go out there and make it happen. Make it happen. And um, I learned how to hustle very early on. I didn't know all the terms, but I knew that if you did something, sold it for more than it cost you to make, um, it would allow me to learn how to scuba dive. It would allow me to buy the bicycle I wanted, and it gave me independence. And I think that those those were still. Um apartheid years in, uh, in South yeah. Africa, right? So back in the 1980s, end of mm-hmm. the 70s, so very different South Africa than it is yeah. today. Yeah, very different South Africa. But it, you know, if you go to Africa and Asia, you learn that uh, you get given nothing. You know, uh, Sometimes I'm here in Europe and I see how people wait for incentives and grants and all these things that government's going to give them. In Africa and, and Asia, you're not waiting for that. You know, you've got to go out, uh, do it yourself. There's no easy way or... And, and I think it's actually a blessing in a way, mm. you know, because I think sometimes we do things in Europe for grants and for incentives and we do the wrong things or go to the wrong places because of, well, the, wrong incentives. Because of the incentives and all that. And I think in, in Africa and Asia, people just get it done, you know, and they just uh, go ahead and they know that um, they're not going to get anything. They don't even know if, you know, they'll get pension schemes. So they know they need to build something. And I think it, um, it, it 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 builds a different entrepreneurship to European entrepreneurship, and and um, you know maybe it's a mix of uh, US and European, you know, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, you, you have just um, just came from the US two weeks ago or last week actually. Mm. How was that trip? Yeah, it was great. You the know, entrepreneurial always... energy you found in Florida and this this news. I mean, states that are now uh, getting. Uh, a lot of the media attention has has they are post covid winners so to say mm-hmm. lots of people moving there lots of people seeing yeah. action going on in those those states so i went to two places i went to florida and then i also went to new york and one's a winner one's a loser at the moment so exactly. florida different winner and new york i thought would be more of a loser than in the end um i noticed and uh, you know, Florida, yes, Florida's not even worried about the rest of the U.S. They're just worried about themselves at the moment because there's so much stuff going on, so much building, so much uh, lack of human resources. Uh, inflation is definitely going sky high there because of the demand for people, demand for product, 
um, accommodation, etc. And then, um, but there's a lot of talent that's moved there. There's a lot of money. Why, that's why is it happening <clears throat> right now? It really, just for the demand. The demand is is bigger than the supply. You know, so um, you've people had people are rediscovering Florida, so to say. Is that is is there any? Yeah, kind I of think you know people. The lockdowns in some of the states were severe. Uh, one of them being New York. So I think mm -hmm. there's about yeah. three hundred thousand New Yorkers have that moved left. to Florida. Yeah. And uh, then you've also got South Americans that have moved to Florida, uh, Venezuela, you know, you've always had Cubans, but more Cubans than et cetera, and Brazilians and so on. Uh, so it, it's, um, there is really a lot going on in Florida. A lot of money is coming to Florida because, you know, some people moved thinking, no, oh, they would move to Florida. And then when everything's back to normal in New York, they'd go back. But uh, their families sort of are enjoying Florida. They're enjoying paying less taxes, so now they've got to be there for 181 days or you know, whatever it may be, and um, they're not going back to New York. And um, so it's it's interesting to see how it's gone from a demographic where you thought Florida would only be for older people to now all of a sudden families and even young professionals that mm -hmm. look at it and say, well, I can work from anywhere, might as well work from where there's sun, uh, beach, uh, and value, you know, because the value which, is still which good. Is very similar if if we boil it down to the value proposition that we could develop here in portugal as well right yeah, we have sun we have <coughs> great beaches great quality of life so yeah it's what's, exactly what's the same it's lower exactly taxes. the same um you know uh, lower taxes i would say for locals but for foreigners there are incentives exactly. in lower taxes and if you work out here and if you get a uh, um, uh, special visas that are available for foreigners and that yeah. it's actually is a, a very attractive it's more the locals that um, it's not that attractive and and we've starting to notice that people are becoming immigrants from tax okay and, and not going back to where you know they were from because of tax so when I got to New York I sort of I've never seen so many stores to rent I've never seen so much office space to rent it's it's literally it's great if you want to build a BGA network there because yeah have it is great they haven't dropped the prices yet because you know they got this hope that it will go and I, I also believe New York will come back you know when when you're there there's a special energy in New York you know there really is but what's been interesting is you see the demographics also change people that couldn't afford New York that were young coming back into New York because all of a sudden they could afford an, a small apartment and they could afford a place to work. So it, it's ex exciting to see these cities being revitalized and changing demographically um, and decisions that are made, you know, by their superiors, by the mayors and all this, affecting it all the way right down, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you obviously also have a um california losing people and going it's really arizona uh, texas, texas and, well. and and florida that are gaining so it's right. interesting times absolutely and you got known by most portuguese uh through your participation in the portuguese shark tank tv show uh, i think five years ago or so um yeah. how did that happen uh can you give us some uh, behind the scenes how they did pick you up or, you know, no. um, because the, that team that they created for the Sharks was a very unique, very diverse team, so to say. Um, yeah, it was really by mistake. You know, I think um, <laughs> I think I, I tried to really help them out to find the shark, and then um, you know I didn't manage to get a shark to commit. Like, and uh, you know the program needed to go on board, so they said, "Well, then you can do it." 
you know. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really in media at that time. I wasn't really looking at doing anything like that. Um, but I got admit, I said, okay, I'll do the season, and and it was fun. You know, I met really interesting people. Uh, the other sharks, like you say, they were very interesting, very different. Very different. Uh, the ideas. Uh, very small scale, but you know, good people presenting them, people that were at least thinking and trying to do something when the economy was really going through a very, very, very tough very time. Tough time. Very so tough um, time. I think the biggest thing Shark Tank did was really just give people hope, tell them there are other ways of finding finance. You know, in Portugal, it was really you go to a bank, and obviously banks are not made to help entrepreneurs. You know, they're good if you need a house or a car, but that's about it at the moment. So I think um, it was very interesting to 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 listen to people and, and really just back people. It was more that than the products or the services that they wanted to to uh, implement. Uh, and overall, yeah, it, 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 you know, I think in Portugal, TV does help you to, to, to meet other people and to open doors. And I think that's what, what really happened with the show. Mm-hmm. I must say that you were by far my favorite chart because in my opinion, you understand uh, what the TV show was about. I mean, one, that it is a TV show that is first and foremost, it must be entertaining, must be fun, not just, it's not definitely not a, a VC board. And it's also about trusting, like I said, it, the entrepreneurial spirit of the person, not so much the idea behind the project and i saw the other sharks very formal very portuguese if you like mm -hmm. and you were had this much more funny relatable attitude that made the um, that made you very popular to be honest mm -hmm. because uh nobody knew or, or at least not from and now and suddenly yeah. you you i i was seeing you on on magazines and people doing interviews and and suddenly yeah. being invited for all kind of shows and media outlets so what do you think is the, the balance on a more personal, professional uh, balance of your participation, your own participation? Yeah, I think I didn't take it as serious as um, maybe the others did. I think I, I was also totally authentic. It is where I am. I do take things a little bit lighter. Um, I think I, I want to have fun in life and I want to see the good things in life. And I want to believe, you know, everyone's going to be good and everyone wants to try and make it work. So that's the spirit that's in me, and I didn't want to be different. I wanted to stay authentic to, to the way I, I'm in normal. So um, I really enjoyed it. I think I, I must have had more fun than they did, uh, definitely. <laughs> I know I definitely had more work afterwards because, um, you know. I did, because you became a, a prominent investor. <clears> in lots I of did more investments. So, you know, investments take time, and, and obviously, like I said, they were quite small, but lots. So. You know, it was hard work and lots of mentoring to some of them. Yeah, lots of mentoring and, and many of them, you know, like 80% definitely didn't work. Uh, but it was nice to spend those times with people and, and actually, you know, sometimes it's not monetary things that don't, you know, you can't value it only in monetary that it didn't work because I, you know, I'm still friends with them. I still, um, you know, I saw them grow. I saw them try things. And um, that's what I really wanted from the show. And that's why I committed to the one season and let's see how it goes. Uh, but it was hard work, you know. I, I, I didn't have the the team to actually carry on and do a second show and a third or whatever uh, season because it really is. I took it super serious, you know. I really gave it all for for a for a period, um, and I also saw, you know, the the difficulties that um, entrepreneurs go through in Portugal, mm -hmm. and they really are difficult. You know, you start a startup, 
You've got costs from the start. It doesn't matter if you make money or not. There are taxes. There are uh, difficulties. Yeah. There's bureaucratic uh, time wasting. Uh, there's a lot of difficulties. And I, I really got to understand that. And I really started to value entrepreneurship in this country. I, I value and I, I really, you know, I, I respect anyone who tries to create wealth in this country and, and create employment and pay taxes and salaries because it really is tougher. Still, you say that you are an ambassador to Portugal, right? And I've heard you lots of times in other podcasts and other shows um, talking about the potential and why you have chosen to, you know, to live in the country because uh, you were not living here before. Um, so why exactly Portugal? And how did you, I mean, how did you uh, find the, the, this potential that we were speaking about uh, just before? Yeah, look, uh, you know, I'm not here because I have to be here. Uh, uh, and that's something that, um, you know, I, I respect, you know, from the country. So if I just want to complain about the country, I should leave, you know. So I could be anywhere. I could be, you know, living in Florida as well. Yeah. But uh, the reality is I really love this place. I think it has got this huge potential. It's in the center of the world. It's got incredible talent. It's got great food, sun, everything you need. Uh, but yes, I do get disappointed with it because I see the potential. If I didn't see the potential, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't complain. Of course. So for me, it's sometimes, you know, I complain, but I am trying to make a difference. I, I am trying to uh, make things better. You know, if I look at why I'm in, invested and, and going to sleep late and waking up early every day, it's because of education. And I know that that can change the way we move forward and, and do things. At the same time, you know, I know that, um, by talking about politics and telling people to, to go out and vote and rethink who they vote and how they do it. I, I know that, you know, youngsters can also change this country. Mm -hmm. um, but I really just feel like, you know, we've, we've got this huge potential, like really. And, um, and also being a small country, we could actually very easily just copy-paste a few ideas from somewhere else and we'll this faster. place would go yeah. quicker. You know, there's a few things we just need to do. Obviously, just removing a bit of bureaucracy uh, would re would definitely give us a few GDP points in in growth. Um, yeah, helping uh, the way we we have our judiciary working um, would really you know eliminate el eliminate a portion of the corruption we go through, which is also pushed on by bureaucracy. You know, so it's there's a few small steps that we could take that would make big differences. And yeah. And unfortunately, you are, I mean, well, let me put it this way. You are based in Cascais. Hello. Yeah. And uh, which is the city west of Lisbon and um, well, further west of Lisbon. Yeah. You still have wires in, in between. So where you started the, the Brave Generation Academy, like, that was your test ground. That was your lab to, to test the Brave Generation. Do you have any relationship with the Cascais municipality, with the city council to improve policies, to make it? I, I know that the, the mayor went to Brave Generation Academy a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what is the institutional relationship of, of Brave and also of Team? Team, the entrepreneur, which is a very well-known entrepreneur, with some of the policy changes that you would like to, to see implemented and you just talked about them. Yeah, I think that Kashkais is, is, is probably one of the best examples in the country of getting things done and, and actually understanding that entrepreneurs want things to happen, you know, because uh, the worst thing for entrepreneurs is time. 
<laughs> you know, you're losing time, you're losing money. You know, so I think the the municipality definitely understands that entrepreneurs add value to a region. I think it's one of the regions that receives most tax and yet also give most de- uh, benefits. You know, you've got free transport, there's uh, great services, you know, so uh, when when you're paying and receiving, you you feel like it's fair, you know, it's a a safe place you know they they contribute towards even the police you know so a, a lot of those little things make a big difference they make. um i think it's a very welcoming uh, um it's a municipality uh to new projects um their biggest difficulty is they just don't have the, all the space that's needed to do some of these mm-hmm. projects so we we definitely know that uh, they get behind it. They d- definitely try and, and and see how they can help, and uh, they they also don't get in the way, <laughs> which is a big thing. You know, sometimes you don't need help. You just need no one getting in your way. And I think that's what they're really good at doing. They do run it a lot like a business. You know, I think they they themselves are kind of a chairman and CEO, and people work towards that. So it is exciting. It is uh, uh, nice to see that they you can make a difference uh, even in politics if you think entrepreneurial you know and i think not if everyone think entrepreneurial inside government inside yeah because i think you don't have to be to be an entrepreneur you don't need to open a startup you can be entrepreneurial within a company within your own life within a family and definitely within politics you know if uh, as soon as someone starts becoming entrepreneurial in politics you see the support that comes all around it and then you know uh, 18 months down the line you see the results and i think that's very very exciting for anyone who who tries it you know so um but it is you do have to get out of that comfort zone of politics and of not uh, um, doing things differently you need to start doing things differently and yes you'll make some mistakes and you will be you know uh, uh, hated by some but overall if you look back 18 months back it's more positive so that's okay you know what i'm saying so you're not going to make everyone happy but um, if it's going in the right direction, good the difference. All right. So I know that you are an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs don't have typical days, but um, what does a typical Team Vieira's uh, work um, vision uh, looks like? Do you wake up early? How, how early is that? What do you do first thing in the morning? That kind of life yeah. hacks. I usually do. I walk early in the morning with my dog. That sort of fell away a little bit because um, I've, I've started to run out of time in a way because um, of my travel. I'm, when I'm yeah, I'm trying to get everything done. But more maybe, you know, I don't have a typical day because I, I only actually look at my day every morning. So I've got an assistant that just books the meetings. I look at it. I get done. I don't like to know the day before because, you know, I don't want to like think about it at night. You know, it's, uh, I've got enough things to think about. Um, I'm, uh, I spend a lot of my time now definitely on, on the education, definitely a lot on it, probably 90% of my time, 10% on the development and tourism. And, and I've got teams that run all the rest, you know, so it, it's, it's, I'm actually doing what I love. And I think that's, that's my biggest blessing at the moment in life is that I'm doing what I love. I've got my family that can do what I love because of what I've done, you know. So uh, because of the way I've set up BGA, they can actually travel with me. So, you know, my wife traveled with me now into the U.S. All my kids are traveling with me into into South Africa mm-hmm. and Angola. How, how old are they? 
uh, 17, 15, and 12. So they are still in very much the BGA trend. Yeah, they're all in the BGA trend. So, you know, and, and, and because of them, I did really BGA because I just couldn't carry on doing this traditional system that didn't allow me to do my lifestyle. And I didn't feel like they were even getting much out of it because I think lifestyle educates you, you know, and, and experiences educate you. And, and everything was stopped. It was like, let's keep, Everything stopped in your teenage years, and then when you leave school, you start living. And I don't think it is like that. You know, I think you need to live during your teenage years, mm-hmm. um, and you don't need to stop living. You actually need to find your passions and your purpose so that you have a better life for the rest of your life. So um, that's what I'm super excited with because uh, then in June, I'm taking my kids, and they're going to be with me in the U.S. opening the hub, so they will be like, operations directors, you know, and they, they, they super know the product and the service we give with the product. So it will be brilliant to have them there. Um, and for myself, I'm not missing out on anything. Uh, actually, I'm doing more than ever with them, you know. So, Do you have exciting. any hobbies yourself? Or I know that you have been a rugby player, that you're still very active in the rugby community here in, in Portugal. Yeah, I love the rugby community. I love, you know, cricket. I love supporting all those kinds of things that are a little bit different. I still have football and all that as well, but they don't need much support. It seems like, yeah. you know, there's enough for that. <laughs> there's enough for that. But, um, yeah, I, I love that. Um, I obviously love being able to spend some time with friends and so on. Uh, one of my biggest hobbies was getting down to Zambuja de Dumar and enjoying that area. Um, I'm stuck a little bit with that. It hasn't been happening as much as I wanted to. You have a, an investment there as well. Yeah, so um, I've got land there and a house there, and we rent out land for farming there. So, you know, where we build the infrastructure and yet the farmers run it and, and we get a yield. So it's like a perfect partnership. Um, yeah, so I can't say I've now got a hobby, but I'm living a, my life as if, you know, I, I couldn't – I couldn't want anything better, you know, and I think that's what's really nice about you, it. That's why I don't get tired. You're living the, the best version of Yeah, no, I, I see people, they say, how come you don't get stressed or you're not tired? And and I'm not because I'm doing stuff I love, you know, and then when you do things you love, you don't notice it. It's like when you start dating and you've got a new girlfriend, yeah. you might travel, go to sleep late, wake up early, everything and you're fine. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's, uh, when you're not having a good life, <clears throat> you're tired. So recently you've completed this world trip with your family that took you uh, 180 days. Yeah. And how many countries did you visit? Which ones and that were uh, the ones that strike you the most? And what was the goal? And some of you know those moments that you take from that trip that say, okay, maybe we need to change this or maybe I need to do this. I think yeah. education was also one of the outcomes. No, I think uh, every two to three years I want to do something big with my kids. Now I'm lucky because I can do it every year. Mm-hmm. But um, that trip, what was amazing was getting onto a train, going through Russia, Mongolia, China, doing Vietnam then and, and Thailand and Malaysia, um, Singapore, Japan, you know, Australia, New Zealand, Canada and back here. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, not everyone can do that. Let's no. let's be very honest about it. Um, I think you know not, more not just people, because of education. No, but I think more people can do it than they believe they can do it. You know, we you know we stayed at people's houses, we stayed at uh, hotels, obviously, we stayed in camper vans. Uh, it was a whole mix of things and experiences, and that's really what we wanted. You know, we rode camels, we rode horses, we uh, we were on boats, we were on planes, we were on drove cars, we. We're on the trains that I mentioned, et cetera, et cetera. 
And um, I think, you know, that's the biggest thing I'll leave for my kids. You know, I'm not going to, I'm hoping not to leave much money for them because I want to blow it all before I, you know, I leave. And my, myself and my wife, we're getting excited about that. We call it the divorce that's coming when our kids divorce us and then we can go and, you know, and um, I want to leave them those experiences. I want to leave them a really nice education and that I'm not even talking about universities and that I'm talking about education of life, you know, uh, so that uh, they, they will be the best humans or not even the best humans, but better humans than me. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think that's what I would like from them. So, did you feel the the, the parent uh, child's relationship improves when you and that the bonding improves when you do this? Yeah, uh, definitely. I don't even see my kids as uh, my kids. I see them as my friends. You know, like many times we fist bump, BFF, BFF. You know what I'm saying? And it really is, that. and they come talk to me about things and all that. And and you know, you said that not everyone can do that, but it's not about money. It's actually about time. And uh, love, you know, if you have those two things, the rest just happens. It's they never come and tell me, oh, I need money from you, Dad. I just need time and, and love. And mm -hmm. and when I take them to rugby, or you know, I'm I, I see so many parents that are less busy than me that spend a lot less time uh, with their kids, but they watch a lot more Netflix than I do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my balance, and it, it's really about getting to know my kids, becoming their friends, and and um, passing something on to them because I see it as in the future it's less problems for me and uh, hopefully better for the world. You know, and better a, for them for yeah. sure. All right. So you're now full-time focused on the Brave Generation Academy. Um, what is this academy about and how did it start? Yeah, I'd say that it, like this academy is really about um, diversifying your options in education. It's about coming through and thinking what do we need today for education instead of just being comfortable and doing what we've been doing for 200 years which is not working you know you look at people that are employ and you look at their uh, skills they might have skills but then they don't have attitude or they might not even have the right skills and and lack attitude which is even more uh, difficult to to resolve so i looked at you know how could we do some kind of education system using today's technology uh, that would give us more, never less, uh, that would equip us for what's needed today, that would get kids uh, to find their purpose a little bit earlier mm -hmm. so they don't waste time, uh, and it would really make it personal and that they could do do it themselves, would empower them, would start giving them you know, what they need to do, become persistent and all those kind of things. So we looked at how we could put you know, technology for that and that we made a platform, a digital platform. But at the same time, like I said, we want to add more. So we thought uh, we need to have these hubs where they can interact and they actually come there. And in these hubs, we have what we call learning coaches, where these learning coaches actually help the kids not to, they don't teach the kids, they teach them how to learn. They teach them how to work as uh, with each other, peer to peer. They, they go out and, and find interest that these uh, students of ours, our learners, might have and then let them go do it so they get them shadowing jobs they you know we do the international british curriculum rtscs and a levels but at the same time we've got our own curriculum brave and beyond which gives you entrepreneurship leadership uh, time management and that one isn't a curriculum that parents go over but uh, they need to do that curriculum but for me it's a very important curriculum because when i look at it and and i'm going to employ someone i don't know normally look at their geography mark but I would like to know, do they work well 
uh, with a team? Have they got critical thinking? Are they creative? Uh, you know, can they manage their time? Well, those kind of questions. And I think that's what we want to really bring on board. And slowly we actually starting to see even tertiary educating um, uh, um, universities and, and colleges, et cetera, that actually are starting to give value to that. So, you know, we help to, to, to have a student between the age of 12 to 18, not just cope with this, their lives during this period and, and wait until they're 18 to start living, but actually thrive through this period. And we do that by getting out their way giving them something they like to do. If it's crypto, we'll get them into crypto. If it's this, they get into this. And still they know, okay, let me do my academics now at my own pace. Uh, write exams, maybe, you know, they can choose May and November. It's not once a year. Uh, take holidays when they want to take holidays with their parents. So it all changes. It's a lot of little changes that make big, big, big differences. And what was the, the insight that you had? So were you frustrated with the current model you had your kids and so you know this is the kind of stuff yeah, i in felt school. guilty with the current model because you know it was easy for me i just go there drop off my kids and and in the evening you know get them back again but i could see that they weren't doing the things they loved you know they they love sports and music and they were having to do that at five o'clock onwards and uh, they would still get homework and they you know get tired and etc so when I looked at this model, I thought, how can we do four or five hours a day of schooling and then do your sport, do your music? And did, did you hire any educational experts <clears throat> or a company to help you, you know, design the, the concept in the beginning? Or Look, um, it, it was a lot of common sense. You know, we worked a lot with common sense. Uh, I spoke to, to many people that I value their opinions, you know, starting with teachers. Here, uh, here in Portugal, I, I bet you might have heard Ministerio de Educação, the, the Ministry of Education will never let you do something like that. No, constantly, you know, and, um, you know, if we just go with what we can't do, but not what with, we, we should do, mm. then again, we would do very little, you know. So I think at the moment, I think the Ministry of Education has understood what we're doing. It's not a threat. It's an opportunity to make things better. So, and you know. you're definitely innovating also in the European landscape, with, and even in the, the American landscape. Yeah, with definitely. This model, so right? it's exciting it's a to very, see, to my knowledge, yeah. a very innovative concept. You know, it is. And, and, and actually, a lot of people afterwards, this is not, they this say is not a franchise. This is not something you, you are bringing to Portugal. It's actually no. a made in Portugal educational Made in concept. Portugal, tested in Portugal, you know, 15 hubs, and we then started going abroad. Um, the U.S. the same thing, you know. They they look at it and they like really amazed. And then after they see it, they say it's actually quite simple. And that's the difficulty is making it simple right. that you can scale it because right. education isn't easy to scale. And uh, you look at what we're doing; it's not just a digital platform. It's really you know you got to set up the hub, uh, 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 prepare the hub, get learning coaches, train them, hire them, put them in, talk to parents. It's it's a it's a job. But um, it's an exciting job because we see the difference we're making. When you see kids really start to blossom after being there for a month, you, you know it's worth it because parents are happier. You know? So that's something else we've changed. You know, we really concentrate on the learners, not on the parents. And I think when we're making these learners happy and uh, they are keen to, to learn and to be at, at, at the academy, then the parents start becoming happier and all of a sudden you've got happier families. You know? So... And, and the world has changed. You know, you, you might want to work in, in Lisbon and go to, to, to the Algarve uh, on Fridays 
well, you can and your kid can still go to school in the Algarve or up to Port or, or you might be divorced and you living in Port and your wife's living in Lisbon and, you know, your kid goes a week to Port and a week to Lisbon. So having these different hubs opens up a whole new way of living mm -hmm. and a much better lifestyle for many people. And they can roam if they need to. Yeah, they can roam. They're nomads if they want to be. You know, we've got kids that um, have been to various different hubs and have actually You know, they've got friends in different hubs. They've got uh, learning coaches that they've met in different hubs. And, and then they go play tennis in a different hub with a different coach. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's, it's, it's simple stuff that really does, you know, uh, change lives. I think that's what's lovely about it. All right. So I, I really understand lots of the, the value prop, the upside. And I think that's, that's super interesting for, um, for for kids that either have interests on their own but one of the criticisms that uh, in in a in a learning model which is essentially based on a digital platform they end up spending too much time watching screen the entire day do you think this is a, a fair criticism has in you know this is just work life actually looks like so you better get used to it yeah. as soon as possible or or Is there something there that maybe it's not? Yeah, so I think all criticism is fair and definitely fair because your your work is on a platform and the platform allows you to do subjects that you couldn't do at a mm -hmm. traditional school and it allows you to go at your own pace. But you are in a hub with other kids mm -hmm. and you've got other kids that uh, help you uh, to resolve problems and to, and to learn. And the truth about it is, yes, you might be at our hubs four hours on a plat on on the platform but then we push you to go ride a horse to do tennis to go out and do music do uh, uh shadowing in a job and that means you're not on a on a on a screen okay in traditional schools you might be at a school where you're not on a screen you you know you've got books you're writing you're listening great but as soon as you leave school you go onto a screen so you know there's two ways of looking at this that uh Uh, we need the screens, yes, to make it a lot more um, flexible, a lot more personalized, and those are two huge benefits. And then we use the learning coaches to actually get you out there and start doing things. And uh, we use your own peers. You know, we've got kids from 12 to 18 in the same hub. So you've got kids that um, are older that can actually influence other kids positively to mm -hmm. try things out. So uh, I think it's always a mix. What we try to definitely do is that our mix has got all the benefits that we're able to do from uh, offline and the benefits of online and mix the two and hopefully we've got a, a really great product. Mm -hmm. And it is it's definitely a product. It's, um, it's a product that is expanding quite fast because you have started maybe two years ago and now you already have 14 uh, hubs in Portugal alone. You are in, in Africa, you are going to the US very, very soon, maybe to South America as well. Uh, and Latin America, you know, has any entrepreneur, are you afraid of competition? Um, because people might look at it and say, oh, you know, <clears throat> such a simple model, just a room yeah. and I hire some coaches and I go take a platform and I set my own version of PGA. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is something that can happen or you have a, such a strong competitive advantage by now that maybe competitors are not going to have such an easy life? Yeah, no, definitely we will have competitors and I think it will actually be a good thing because it, it is 
an industry we need to change and and with competitors it actually helps us all to grow because it, it's you know it's definitely there's there's opportunities for many many more it's like saying uber wasn't going to get cabify and bolt and all these others mm -hmm. and obviously who lost out was taxis you know so um because when someone tries bj they don't go back to traditional schooling okay and do I you think, have any any numbers to back that claim do you have any um you know yeah, students saying well uh, just since september or? since september you know we've got close to 500 students mm -hmm. and they've all come from traditional schooling right. basically you know right. maybe two percent were homeschoolers but right uh, and and out of those that population maybe not even one percent gave up on that problem. not not even one percent have gone back onto traditional that's schooling. a very strong um you know claim right it's because a great it's a it's it's a very strong claim because um we we are a product but based on service so if we give great service there is no reason you go back to something that you know isn't working for the learner isn't working for parents isn't working for companies isn't working for futures uh, because if I tell you, you know, uh, you're going to ask me, but how's yours working? Well, I'll tell you how many, if you go up to 45 years old nowadays and ask them, are they happy? Maybe 85% say no, because they're doing the wrong thing. They didn't follow their passion. They didn't, they don't have purpose in life. Well, you know, they all went, I can tell you 100% of those people went to a traditional school. So the way we look at it is we don't want to have those 45 year olds. You know, we want them to find purpose, uh, find a passion, everything earlier. And hopefully they won't say that. So when we work with that in mind and you work with every question we answer is it best for the learner, um, it's very, you know, you don't, you're not actually worried about them going back to traditional school, et cetera, because we only worried what's good for them. And if good for them is going back to a traditional school, it wouldn't even be a problem. Okay. So I think, um, and they've got that possibility always because we're still doing a curriculum, the British international curriculum, that you're doing that you can go back to a traditional school right. so we never limit the options okay and i think that's very very important but you know we do more subjects we do them at our own pace it's very personalized uh your holidays is in your your thing you, you've got all these your product has got all these um benefits and then our service is that we've got these amazing learning coaches that really connect with kids and are able to get the best out of a student and i think that's where Traditional schools have a huge problem as well because their teachers are, you know, preparing lessons, doing Excel's, uh, internal politics, parent politics, and they've got very little time for the the learner. We are totally the other way around. Our learning coaches don't prepare lessons, don't have politics, don't, and and our product is, you know, a hub with two great learning coaches on an amazing platform, and it works. So definitely, compet competition will come. Absolutely. Um, of course, one of the, the biggest acid tests to the model is um, the A tests, right? The university enrollment. How many of your students are actually able to get into uh, university and uh, perform well at the, the tests? Do you have already? Uh, I, I believe last uh, September or last July, you already had the, the, the this this first batch of students actually doing the exams. Yeah. How did that go? Yeah, so we had our first um, students who did their first IGSE exams, and it was well above average, well above Abo average. And above average of the of, examination. Of private schools. Private schools definitely. In, and, in, um, in Portugal. And um, you, you look at what they all achieved. Each one of those students got an A, 
least one A, and the worst was a six out of nine. So it's mm. not bad. And um, you know, and it was students that sometimes didn't want to really uh, academics wasn't their strength, but by being confident, by being prepared, by going at their own pace, it changed the whole life. Going to university, it really doesn't. There's no limits on this because it's the same Cambridge curriculum that every other school does. And it's the same one recognized by over 850 universities in the U.S. with credits at f for first-year A-levels. Uh, it's recognized in another 20,000 universities worldwide. You know, so it doesn't limit you anywhere. You know, the thing is, do we only prepare for university? Uh, we don't. You know, we're actually preparing for life because we've got kids that maybe will just do Google certification, Microsoft certification. We we might have others that actually want to go directly into the working world. You know, there's a huge demand at the moment for people. And if they learn on the job, and there are companies that actually prefer to now to teach on, on the job, they want no degrees. So we are actually doing what, what you know, the learner, we're not based on rankings. You know, it's not something we like, we're talking about how well we did, et cetera, et cetera. Because um, for me, our success is how happy our kids are. You know what I'm saying? That's right. really the, where the we look at it. Net promotion, net promoter score. Yeah. All right. So the learning is in English. And um, what's the split it, uh, here in Portugal? Uh, how many, what is the percentage of Portuguese? Because one of the ways that mm. people see, or at least that I, I tend to think of PGA is, um, and I think you said it before in another podcast, uh, you are uh, giving Portuguese families the the possibility to I mean Portuguese and non, non Portuguese of course but uh, uh, Portuguese families on average tend to have uh, lower income than foreigners living in Portugal um, or at least expats and um, and uh, to to have them on um, on international curriculum yeah so what is the current split of Portuguese versus uh, foreigners yeah our current split is a fifty fifty but uh, the Portuguese really are growing, you know, and we see that, you know, we've got the north opening a lot of new hubs. We've got three new hubs coming up in the north. Mm -hmm. and where? In Porto? In, um, in Maia, uh, Leonesa, and in um, uh, Sonai at, right. at their head offices. Right. And Sonai already has a, another school that they actually built from, from Correct. scratch. Correct, and we're also working with Efonot to put a BJ in that school. So this right. is what's so amazing. That's, that's a meta concept a little bit. What's yeah. what's the idea of doing a BGA inside so a So they've got school? a school that's Portuguese mm -hmm. and we're putting a BGA in their school for kids that want to be doing it in the in the English curriculum mm -hmm. because you've got Portuguese universities, Nova, Catholica, Technic that are in English. And it's, you know, it's a little bit tough for anyone who wants to go to those for the first year arriving there and having to become fluent in all the terminology yeah, absolutely. et cetera, et cetera. So you know, it's great to see uh, Sonai uh, getting on board with this. And with Sonai, you know, it's really super interesting because they're going to be giving scholarships and we will match their scholarships to anyone who receives a minimum salary from them. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's it's exciting times, you know. So you, you're really democratizing we're the international democratizing curriculum to people that otherwise cannot even 100% because, you know, when you were speaking about competition and that, look, if you're going to compete with us, you have to know that it's profit for purpose. So we're not here to make the profit. The purpose is more kids. So we work it into scholarships. And that's why every scholarship Sonai gives, we match it. Okay. And I think it's going to, it's, you know, I'm lucky enough to be in a situation in my life where it's not, I'm not profit, money, 
or and I don't have investors that I have to you answer, know, to. answer to. So I think uh, that's where we also see that uh, there will be a lot of this, where we will be able to work with Portuguese schools uh, we'll be able to work with international schools where we will actually open in international schools because we do subjects they can't get teachers for. They can't get a teacher sometimes for travel and tourism if only two kids, three kids, four kids are doing it. But they can do it on our platform. That's interesting. And, and, yeah. and it's, that's a novel perspective to me. So you're yeah. saying that you, uh, you would open inside an international school that would otherwise be seen as a natural competitor. Yeah, it's not. We will. We uh, we we might. We will. We are going to. So because you will... are competing for the same student. Uh, that student is not going to pay. To not really, because and... even if you look at our yeah. international schools, you know, uh, it is a different market. You know, not everyone can be in an international school. You know, we are about a third of the price of an international school. That alone uh, takes away a lot of of who could go to that international school. Yeah. Many people who go to the international school, they want this tradition and past and, and prestige of being at that school. I, we, I'm, yeah. I'm seeking, for instance, uh, Lisbon United, which is the brand new school here in mm. Lisbon, international school. I mean, why would, would it make sense for them specifically to have a BGA inside? If you were pitching Let's this Let's say to... that we have four or five subjects that they don't do. Mm. Well, we would do those four or five subjects. Okay, and all of a sudden, they offer more to their students. It always depends, Andrea, do, do they want to do what's best for students or do they want to do what's best for the bottom line? Right. Okay, when it comes to doing best for learners, we have to sometimes compromise and work so with others. It would work as in a complement to that. Yeah, their... we are complement. So right. instead of just, you know, it would be like you've got your sports division, you right. would have this division that would actually so help you So they would to, be doing regular class and a couple of hours per day, they go to At BGA. any single time, at any, any time. at any time that suits their, their like let's agenda. say traditional school schedule, you know? Yeah. All right, got it. All right, speaking about- And we're looking at uh, opening with, um, uh, with Farfetch. At the no, offices. At, in Luneza. Uh, in in uh, Luneza, at Luneza, but at Farfetch head offices in Braga, in, 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 in Porto. And, uh, and the idea is that parents are close to their kids? Or? Exactly, and they come back to work mm. because many aren't coming back to, to the office. And also for recruitment, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big call when you can say, listen, let's, let's have a, a school, yeah, because all of a sudden we can recruit people and they've got their kids doing a great curriculum in their own way, going on holiday when they want. If they change and go live somewhere else, they can just plug in again. And also for retention of staff. So it's, 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 it's a win, you know, it's on either same thing, you know. So when we start seeing companies being thinking differently about it, you know, imagine a country that thought differently about it, what would happen, you know, because... We're so, not against teachers. We, so, we've just got a system that even allows <laughs> teachers to be better. Yeah. Yes, yes. But as you know, the, the Portuguese Ministry of Education is the biggest uh, employer in Portugal. They have an army of, I don't know, it's, the big, it's bigger than the Ukrainian army for sure. Mm -hmm. hundreds, of, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Um, but imagine having a happy army doing what they want because all those teachers have an ambition to but the ratio the to, ratio per student is lower when you have coaches that can spend well so think, you would not think about need that teachers that teachers. were be the coaches on two to 30 kids mm. and think about it that we offer this at cheaper than what the portuguese government yeah, costs them to look after a, a, a child <laughs> that's a surprising you know thing. so 
That's the thing. That's the thing. Okay, regarding the digital platform, and this is a question that sometimes it's a little bit confusing to me from what I try to understand from what I read. Um, you 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 went to the market and you you purchased license from an existing digital educational platform, and now you are developing on top of it. You Correct. have like a product team. Correct. The... So we have seventeen teachers. Okay. That every day improve those platforms, put more into it. Our students can themselves put more stuff onto it. We've got partnerships with Cognito uh, to put more content onto it. So a whole lot of information that gets on, you know, so it, it just keeps getting better by the day. And uh, my aim was never to go out and, and do a platform, okay, because I believe lots of platforms will come, lots of better platforms than I'll ever create will come. I want to be the, let's say, the base where these platforms can work from. I want to be the, the place where they work from, you know, the distribution, because I'm doing the hard work, you know, teaching the learning coaches, putting in the kids, getting the... the the, the, the space, you know what I'm saying? But I really want to be an ecosystem for different ideas because they're going to come. I promise you, Andrea, they are being worked on. There's lots of stuff going on. Yeah? Absolutely. Lots of great tech companies yeah. uh, being created and already in the market. Actually, we have a question here from uh, YouTube uh, live stream. Hello, Andrea and team. Great podcast so far. Any plans around BGA version specifically for sports athletes? We have young sports athletes in Portugal that have uh, a heavy school schedule. Thanks and keep being brave. Yeah, definitely. You know, look, we've got uh, one opening now in Pinal Nov that's actually at a sports academy. We've got in Cape Town in Belleville Football um, Academy um, in Florida. It's going to be at, um, at uh, an academy, a, a, um, a tennis and golf academy. Uh, we've got Royal Lobbage which will be definitely to do with golf. And in, in, um, uh, in Royal, in uh, what's the name? Royal Lobby. Royal, Royal Lobby, yeah. Okay. And then the other thing is that any one of our academies works for sportsmen. So mm -hmm. we've got uh, the German skating champion that will be going to an Olympics. We've got uh, uh, lots of surfers. Uh, horse riding. Because we have two they, horse they can, riding. They can surf according to the when there's waves, when there's and waves do school when there's, school, there's no waves. There's you know, waves. we've got uh, two of our Habsoid Ipodrums. You know what I'm saying? So it's so easy for us to do it. We just need the interest. As soon as there's interest, we now at the at the moment we've got someone yeah that runs a football academy in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, so definitely that that's somewhere where we can go because all of a sudden. You can be traveling, playing a tournament, and you can still log on, do your work, come back, and you're not behind. You're at your own speed. Um, you take holidays when you need to. So, yeah, for sure, if, if, um, if you're interested to know more about it or you've got a place that we should go, you just let us know and we'll be there. You know, it, it really is that easy because we know how difficult it is for sportsmen and we don't, it shouldn't be a choice of your sport or your school. It should, it should just work, you know, and, uh, and I think that's what we can do. So we were speaking a little bit about transformation as a whole for the entire system. How bullish are you that this model can actually work for more, for more than a niche of the, the, the student population? Because I totally see Bridge Generation Academy working for accomplished athletes or, or kids with very specific interests or, or, or kids that have developed specifics um, around certain topics and they really want the freedom mm -hmm. to but what about the other 
90%. Yeah. The, the system's super versatile. You know, if it's academics you want, while you work hard at academics, you go a lot quicker than at a traditional school. If it's not academics, something else, great. If you, if it's balance in life, you can do balance in life. If, the, the other lot, thing lots is, of people ask, okay, yes, Tim, that's all great, but what about chemistry class and doing, um, you know, experimentations in a lab or, or that kind of more practical stuff that it, you cannot, Learn or learn of course we can do it. You can do it because we do it during summer school. Mm. So if if that's what you're really interested in, and your learning coach will arrange that you do it. You know, yes, you'll do your first chemistry, watching it on YouTube, understanding it, and seeing experiments that blow your mind, and then he will organize it when when needed. You yeah. can go do that's it. That's actually very so, funny because he's talking about because we're not going to build chemistry. We're not going to do this, but we can. You know, there's so much infrastructure that that's, already exists, that's and that's really, how we use sustainability. That's really and, fun because that's, that's also how kids end up finding interesting. So my one of my my oldest kid is 13, and he's already arranged to to try uh, BJ. Actually, that's how I got to know BJ in okay, the first place good. because it, we tried to do a a demo at one of um, you know a trial at one yeah. of your schools. Uh, here in Lisbon, or one of the hubs, uh, better said. And uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, he came to me. Hey, Dad, can you look at this YouTube video of this guy's brewing brewing uh, beer, yeah. craft beer? You see, he's certain. <laughs> so, yeah, that seems funny. Hey, you should buy this, yeah, uh, you know, wheat and, uh, and do the it. Yes, yeah. and let's do it ourselves. And like, are you really serious about it? Yes, yes, let's do it. Yeah. So. We ended up buying this kit from Amazon and we just spent the weekend uh, cooking our own. Brilliant. You see, <laughs> that's the way it beer. should be. I never, I've never done it in my life. So it was, yeah. uh, it was actually, I learned yeah. a lot because I had no idea how, how to do it. No, myself. brilliant. And, 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 the same. and another thing, you know, you talk about where we can take this. Can you imagine the, the kids that are in Maputo now? We open Kenya on the 22nd of the month. Uh, they will be getting the same education that someone in London, Lisbon, uh, is getting, you know, and that's opportunities. And then the way we look at it in so many of our markets is, you know, we work it out that it's and, super and competitive. There, there are also great, great people in those countries for the learning coaches. Ah, amazing, amazing people. Amazing and people. many people super want great. to really give back and, and, yeah. and, and really influence that's these strong. kids' lives. And you look at it and the way we work on it, you know, we have 15 kids who, who can pay, 10 kids who can pay 50% and five kids who don't pay. So we're actually able to even you know, assist in, in everything that's happening, which is the biggest problem, income gap. You know, where the, the, the ones who have more will just keep having more and the ones falling behind. And I think for, that's for, a big for thing. For BGA, yes. But for the rest, I mean, um, for the re it's an ecosystem. It takes a village, like they mm. say, right, to raise a, to raise a, to raise a kid. Um, and, and the way that I see your uh, model uh, is really... Look, school is just one of the pieces of the very complex puzzle because you need, yes, you need schooling, you need to learn the basics and the curriculum, but then you need education. It's, it's a very uh, wide, uh, hmm. uh, wide, wide thing, right? You need to yeah. go to sports, you need to, 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 to do beer home or to do the chemistry experience somewhere else, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So um, building that piece of the puzzle, I see it, but the rest of the piece. It's the all rest there. Of the, the, Everything's around us. Everything is around us, and there are people that are willing to help all around us. It's it really there. No. It's limitless. You, you try to build an ecosystem around it. You look right? at tennis courts. You know, if uh, obviously in Kenya, 
tennis courts are going to be more difficult to find. But you've got fishing, you've got other things. So you adapt to the region around. Now your academics, well, you've got the same standard. You've got the same opportunities. You can do your Google certification. And all of a sudden, you can be in Nairobi online working for an American company, earning a much better wage that you had ever were earning. Yeah. Now, we're not a miracle. You know, we can't change the whole income um, gaps and, and, and change the world. But we, we're doing... We're doing it in the most, for me, the most important place, which we always say education is the future, but we keep saying it, but we do nothing about it. This is the first time we're actually executing plans to start changing that 12 to 18-year-old because in smaller kids, there's a lot going on. Yeah, but this gap, it's very tough, okay? And then tertiary, there are also things happening. You know, you've got Pedro Santa Clara with the 42 Lisboa, and just like him, you've got a lot of things that are coming up, and that's exciting as well. And they are not even worried. Did you do, do, do your Do you have levels? already any uh, BGA student going enrolling in 42? No, but I'm sure we will, and I'm sure they'll enroll at 17, yeah. you know, without a doubt. And uh, and I think that's what's amazing about it because, you know, at Pedro Santa Clara, he's not even going to ask our student, did you complete your A-levels? Yeah. Do you understand? No, they don't care. But they don't care. But for this anyone. is what I'm saying. It's 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 a big world out there that's changing very fast. So it is for us. Um, you know, I'd rather have a student that I give, let's say, 42, that is persistent, that's self-disciplined, uh, that's positive, confident, has great attitude, um, than you know, just getting someone who's gone because that's what he could do. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, yeah. Totally into that. All right. So the Rugby Youth Festival is uh, coming in this weekend, the 9th and the 10th of April. It's taking place in Stade Universitaire de Lisboa um, here in Lisbon. Um, what is going to happen? Well, it's something that used to happen every year until COVID hit, and it's the biggest youth festival of rugby in Europe. Oh, really? Yeah, biggest. And um, it's really a, a wonderful um, time to just go see youngsters playing rugby, getting out there. And I don't know how much you know about rugby, but it really is Very a team little. sport. I know it's, it's a, a sport, sport where you yes. need fat people, right. thin people, fast people, tall people. You need everyone. Right. You start to learn that you pass the ball backwards to go forwards. Mm -hmm. uh, you you understand the the importance of teamwork and of uh, relying on your on your on your team because if if you don't rely on them, you get smashed. Okay, and I think it's just amazing because we, there's international teams coming through again. So it's just getting back to. And uh, normal, and, you know, and the BGA uh, community has been invited. It's also going. To yeah, be so we 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 sponsor. We one of the sponsors, mm -hmm. and I think it's very important that we get behind these kind of incentives because, as you said, you know, we are an online platform, but we support all these real life, let's say, experiences. Okay, so we're there. We one of the we're the main sponsor for cricket, which has been growing in Portugal even within little kids. So there we are. We were we did the the beach football. Uh, in Kashkaj now with uh, Alan Cavalli, the twice FIFA World Player of the Year, and just an, an incredible guy who puts every day back into a sport he loves and has a super passion for it. Um, so it's those little things that make differences, you know. So um, yeah, we're super excited with the rugby. Uh, you know, rugby's in my heart. I, I grew up in South Africa, so it's there. Mm -hmm. I've got my two boys that play rugby. Um, so yeah, it's a, it, it makes sense that we involved with it and. Sure. And also, you know, there's now, we, we also part of ASM. So we've made a partnership with ASM where we can actually take kids from Portugal in scholarship into universities in the US, not just for rugby, but football, uh, swimming, um, golf, 
um, athletics. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting times. So ASM is uh, Americans. Uh, yeah, American. Um, like uh, they they basically a sports management company that um, have a lots of um, contacts at at, at colleges mm-hmm. and actually work on spot on scholarships. Yeah, I, I totally see uh, youth football soccer clinics here in Portugal as well, mm-hmm. uh, attracting. Um, kids from, yeah. from other countries and and while they're doing that in the summer or so just continuing their education at pga has temporary or mm-hmm. all right so um we always kind of like to ask this question which is if you had three months for yourself um to learn relatively new technology where you know let's say you could f- freeze time and no one's bugging you no one's calling you which would you choose where would you put your attention to get the deepest dive as possible in learning this new it could be concept could could be a technology it could be whatever you want really it would really be the worst question for me because i'm really old school look mm-hmm. i don't have a you know i don't even do emails mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know i've got an assistant that receives my emails it could be crypto i don't um, know yeah no i understand the question um but it would be very difficult for me to get in because I prefer to actually find people that are really good at it and, and put them working with me and, mm-hmm. and or backing them. And, and I enjoy that, that I don't need to keep up to date. You know, there's all these terms that come out and all of that. You know, I relatively understand them, but I've never, I've never become, you know, I use accounting and I've never gone into accounting. I've, I've, you know, there's so a, you are, you are a virtuoso really, in delegating responsibilities. I actually enjoy not trying to become an expert. So mm-hmm. my strength has been that I always concentrate on my strengths. And my strengths are really people. Um, it's um, thinking, okay? But it's never going to be, you know, I think a calculator was where when once I had to start using scientific calculators mm-hmm. at school, yeah. I gave up on technology. I thought this is not for me. <laughs> it's like too too much. But I, I definitely admire people that are, are doing stuff. You know, I work with them. We've got our own developers. We've got all that kind of stuff. But I really like to hear from them and then I just like to keep them motivated to get to their best. And I think um, I, I wouldn't be able to to do it. You know, crypto, um, I'm not in it because I don't understand it and I'm good with that, you know, but I, I do believe there's a big role you, you for don't crypto, have FOMO, blockchain. You don't have crypto for No, definitely no, I don't. I definitely don't. Anything I, don't, anything I can't explain to my kids, I'm out of it because, um, you know, and maybe I'm not intelligent enough or something, but I, I just, <laughs> it's not its not what I do, you know? It's not what I do. Best kind of intelligence. And, you know, it's, um, it, it's, I really don't have a FOMO, and I'm not those kind of people that are cheering for it to, to, to bust. No, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm meeting people that are doing well in it, and you know what? Those people are going to do, they're going to help others because they're doing well in it. They, they will... You know, buy things, help the economy, invest in, in startups, and that's great. You know, so anything that creates wealth, I'm actually for it. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, I don't, I just don't, uh, I don't want to sleep at night not knowing what I don't know. You know. So that's let right. me ask you the question a little bit differently. Yeah. What kind of project would you give your full attention for three months to really push forward? If you if you had to to have this uh, opportunity, really three months. If I couldn't do what I'm doing now. And it would be really difficult for me to just stop what I'm doing now for three months. But if it, it was, it would be to learn the piano. Okay. <laughs> I would want to learn the piano. Right. You know? Okay. Because, um, yeah, 
it sounds weird, but I've always said oh, I'm going to learn the piano, and then you know, it, it seems like happens. everything goes wrong when I'm about to learn the piano. I've had teachers that have divorced and left, and uh, or, you know, others that the husbands have died, not even divorced. So I've just you know, I've never had a continuous thing. So I, I do the piano. I know it sounds a little bit weird, but <laughs> it is okay. But at the moment, it is 100% into this. You know, I think, and I'm lucky to do that and push it forward. All right. So finally, what words of advice would you give your younger self um, about to drop out student from UNISA in South Africa? What kind of words of wisdom would you say that younger team? I would say drop out. I would say Do make all the mistakes you've made. made. <laughs> I would say remember the mistakes you've made. I would say you know, marry the same person you married. All right have uh, the same kids you've had um you know so no regrets no no look look after the same family say thanks to god for the parents i've got sisters i've got friends i have yeah. so actually i wouldn't i wouldn't have anything I, really i wouldn't you know if if it said oh what could i tell myself to be richer i would say you know uh, be more focused on things uh, before this education, I've, I've only really been focused three times in my life. This is the third time, and I have huge success when I'm focused. But I would have had a lot less fun. Mm. Okay, and I think I value that a lot. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't have, I might have said it to myself, but I wouldn't have done it, you know? <laughs> Very well. All right. So, any recommendation to our listeners? Any go to place, link, book, whatever? I'd say watch a, a, um, a documentary on Netflix called. Um, the short game. I think that could be the, very the interesting. Short game. What, what the short is it game. about? It's about seven and eight-year-old kids who go out and play the world championship for kids in uh, Pinehurst in uh, North Carolina, and um, there's about six thousand of them. And have a look and see these kids, and have a look at their parents, and uh, learn from them. And especially one little kid who says a lot of truth. And mm. you look at yourself and you say, how can these seven it's, and eight-year-olds? The, the golf championship for Golf kids. championship for kids, right. seven and eight-year-olds. So there's a, a guy there called uh, Alan Kornikova. Uh, he's Anna Kornikova's brother. He's playing in it. They follow a South African kid. They mm -hmm. follow a Chinese, a Filipino, a French. And absolutely lovely just to see that. See how easy kids make everything look and how... Uh, uncomplicated it is and then how parents complicate things <laughs> okay all right thank you tim um it was really great having you with us it was really a pleasure such an interesting conversation um also thank you for for joining the productized podcast if you enjoyed your stay give us your review on spotify podcast and share this episode with friends and colleagues you also will have the show notes and more episodes at productized.medium.com Join the community. We'll be sharing the links about everything we spoke today on the podcast description. This podcast was hosted by me, Andre Marquis, where I search my colleague, Evelina Bogdun, and sound editing by Bigel Souza. Thank you, guys. See you soon.